Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we sit down with celebrity stylist, on-air expert, podcaster, and TV personality, Allie Levine. Ali has worked on red carpet events, movies, TV shows with celebrities, including Carrie Mulligan, and on shows like New Girl and Happily Divorced. Ali shares tips with our audience on the connection between wardrobe and wellness, talks confidence, and shares her own personal wellness journey, including her experience with postpartum depression. We hope you enjoy this episode, and you can also find us on an upcoming episode of her podcast, Everything with Ali Levine, linked in our show notes. Enjoy. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. So welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for being here. We are very excited to have this conversation with you. So to get us started, can you share a little bit about who you are, your background, and what your personal journey in wellness is and what that means to you? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love your guys' show. It's so great to connect with you both and be here virtually, of course, and, you know, just get to be on your amazing show. So I'm Allie and most know me um, from the celebrity styling wardrobe world. That's where I started. I came out to California from New York almost 10 and a half years ago now dating myself and uh, started in that and, you know, it's been a wild ride, long story short, decided after uh, doing some costume, decided to move over into full-blown styling, became my own, you know, stylist and opened my own company, Allie Levine Design, started styling, you know, some of the top celebrities in 
Los Angeles, um, music videos, television, reality shows, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then from working with different people, I started getting asked to share my tips and tricks and trends on TV, on national local segments of, you know, um, what somebody was wearing or what's the best, you know, outfit or what's this trend and started doing that, which <laughs> never had plans on doing. I very much always planned and staying behind the scenes, but you know, uh, life has their plans. So I started getting on camera and doing that. And from there, um, I really just started sharing um, more of, you know, your everyday hacks and lifestyle and fashion. And it started in fashion, but then I started getting asked about, you know, wellness and lifestyle and beauty. And it started becoming kind of all encompassing. And then I got pregnant uh, with my first daughter right after I was on a crazy show for those that know on Bravo called Stripped. <laughs> uh, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. Uh, but my husband and I were on that and that kind of like threw things fully blown into the limelight, I guess. Um, and then everyone started checking out my journey and following my, you know, um, pregnancy journey on social media. Cause we announced we were pregnant, um, after the show. And so from there I became, um, known as a mommy blogger and started sharing my mom journey, which again, didn't plan on doing it all with strangers, but all of a sudden did. Um, and that's kind of where I am today. And now I'm a mom of two and kind of still doing all the things, but very much focused on motherhood. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's really, it's, we're excited. It's going to be a fun conversation. Um, just because of your background, we haven't really touched on the intersection of even fashion and wellness and, um, that those things might seem like counterintuitive, but I know as we were talking pre-conversation a little bit, pre-recording a little bit that especially now because we have been living, you know, and kind of cooped up at home for close to a year. Um, I think this idea of like feeling our best can actually really um, incorporate how we like dress, how we take care of ourselves, how we present, not our, just ourselves to our, to the world, but like for ourselves in any way. I think I've been evaluating that because it's, definitely there have been months where it's been like, Hey, what's the point of getting dressed today? But then it's like, Oh, I've been in my pajamas all day and it's 3 PM. So it's like, you know, how that aspect of our clothing, our wardrobe also affects the way we feel. And so I know Erica, and I really want to dive into that with you. Um, since you've, you know, spent your career now helping other people feel their best through, through their wardrobe. So, um, yeah, I would just love to hear your opinion a little bit on that. As far as like, what do you think, where do you think those two things intersect? Like why is fashion or clothing important in how we feel about ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. First off, I love that you said, you know, that like intersect between wellness and fashion, because I agree with you, like maybe that wouldn't be a normal conversation or something people would connect the dots with, but it very much is. And, you know, when I really first started styling different people, especially celebrities, you know, I would always say confidence is your best accessory. And I was quoted for that several times. And it's because, you know, that confidence within us is really where everything else drives from and really where, you know, the clothing we wear really decides to either make us or break us. And I think a lot of times people think about, you know, putting on an outfit and it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to throw this on. And maybe they don't think about like 
what does that outfit, you know, make me feel like, or what does this color do to my mood? Or what do I think when I look in the mirror? And all those things are so important to be able to go along with our wellness. And especially now that we're at home, like I've always said, when I style people, you transform someone from the inside out. And, you know, that's how I've always felt. It's like, Yes, I absolutely love getting to dress different people, especially obviously, you know, different people, known people around the world, but getting to watch their transformation go from, I put this on you and you not only feel like fabulous, but you like, like you um, exuberate, like you can see it consumes you. You can see that all of a sudden now you're standing in your power. You're really like feeling yourself in and out. And now in my opinion, like in a sense, you've been transformed. And I watched that with like several celebrities that I dressed that like, let me really get into their world and let them not just put on something that maybe they were like, Oh, this is fabulous to like, but why is it fabulous? And why does it make you feel good? And why, you know, are you wearing this? And you know, what's the why behind it? Because I think when you actually really dive into clothing and you think about, you know, I always say the four F's, which to me is like the fit form, whichever resonates with someone, the function, the fashion, and the fabric. And to me, it's like, you know, you start with the form, the fit, because that really is the foundation of everything, right? So if something doesn't lay right, if it doesn't feel right, as far as like the way it lays on you, or it sits on you, or it puckers weird, or whatever it may be, that's just not going to make you feel comfortable, no matter what. So that's like the start. And then also just the foundation of it of like, okay, I need to have, you know, a good bra or underwear or, you know, a good shape or whatever it may be, whatever you're doing, you know, that is where it starts. Just like when you put on makeup and you, you know, do your face, usually you start with foundation or whatever concealer may be. Same idea when you start with the body, you know, and then you build, you know, and then you add, you know, the fashion aspect and the function, you know, is it functional? Like how functional is it? Does it matter that it's functional? And then, you know, the fashion and the fabric, the fabric again, does it work for you? You know, can you move in it? Is it comfortable? You answer those questions obviously individually. And then the fashion, meaning the trend and everything else behind it. And so all of those things really do encompass and we put them on our body and how we wear them. And then in my opinion, fashion is a real way of like telling an art and like sharing a story or showing like your style and like getting to express yourself. Well, especially right now while we're all at home and how you're speaking to wellness, you know, so many of us, myself included, like raising my hand in my fluffy robe right now, cause it's Friday and it's crazy. And I'm just like, it is what it is, but you know what? You have to think about, you know, how that feels every single day. If you're choosing to be in that type of wardrobe every day, what is that going to do to, you know, your wellness and to your mind? And, you know, is that going to maybe shift and change things of how you're thinking about your day? Or maybe are you not going to be as motivated to do some things because you are in something so cozy and like, look, I get it again we're all pretty much home. I've been in cozy stuff, but I have had to even say to myself, you know what? Three days this week, I'm going to get fully dressed. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll do a makeup two days, you know, and get myself together. But that was something I also had to learn in motherhood too, because in the first year of having my first daughter, Amelia, I really drowned. And not only just my postpartum depression, but really just in the fact that like, I felt like no matter what, I couldn't get ready. I couldn't get myself together. 
And it really made me suffer because before that I had been someone who was out in the world all the time, you know, styling red carpets, red celebrities, all these different things where I was used to such a glamorous lifestyle. And it, it, I guess it didn't, you know, um, I didn't recognize that until I was put into such a raw situation with becoming a mom. And most moms go through because you're like a brand new person and you're trying to just survive and feed this baby and do all the things. And so it was kind of my first like moment of realizing that kind of wellness between the fashion and the actual connection of your mindset and everything else. And then now, especially in pandemic life, it's like, whoa, this is really serious. And I've been helping so many people on Zoom with style consults of like just getting them back to their selves. Like people have been hiring me saying like, hey, you know, I only need a half hour, but like, I need to know what colors maybe look good on me. I need to know what's an easy go-to, you know, outfit that I can wear at home that I'm going to feel confident, but I'm not going to feel exhausted by trying to get dressed. And I think that's kind of the, the marriage between the two. When you think about, you know, the fashion and wellness, it's like, kill yourself, especially if you're not going out, you know, to an event or you're not wanting to like fully dress yourself up. But think about when you put something on, even if it is just a t-shirt and jeans and you're like, whatever, I don't feel like really getting dressed look at your t-shirt and ask yourself, does that feel good on you? Does that color light you up? If the answer is no, then don't wear it. It's not serving you any purpose. It's not helping your mindset and your wellness. It's not doing anything for you. Everyone gets so hopped up on physically fit, physically fit, physically fit. And I've never been a major gym person. So I can't really like speak to that. I, I work out because I think it does make me feel better. And I work out more for that than anything else. But I'm not someone who's like, gotta go to the gym, gotta do this. Like, you know, I, I, I'm very much like my husband and I would do a little workout challenge, you know, every day or every other day for like 30 minutes. And, you know, that's really it. And then go on walks. So I'm more of like, again, that natural wellness. And so to me, you know, the clothing piece of that ties in, it's like, you know, let's think about like emotionally fit. Let's look at, think about like mentally fit, you know, like you consciously fit, you know, your mind is everything, especially again, like not sound like broken record, but are all at home dealing with this or somewhat at home. And it's like, you know, our minds are doing all kinds of crazy things. We're having all these thoughts that aren't really our thoughts from the outside world and it takes over. So if you can't like at least start with what you put on, you know, your body and have that help you not only to feel good and look cute and look good, but to really set, you know, your mindset. That's, I mean, in my opinion, that's a game changer. So I love that you guys, you know, really see the intersection in that, because I think a lot of people kind of disregard how important clothing can be. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very important. And thank you for sharing all of that. And I, I had that experience you know, myself, I feel like I can't believe, and I know every state is different and every person has different needs, but you know, here in LA, we've basically been locked down for almost a year now. And, um, I remember when the shutdown happened last March, it was like a lot of pajamas or if, if not pajamas, like maybe just like leggings and a sweatshirt. Um, but I realized And I've since realized in the last like six months, how much like you're talking about just like taking time. It's, it's almost like self-care, like the way I do, like you're talking about the way I, um, make time to move my body every day, the way I do like to do my skincare routine. Right. Cause it makes me feel good 
picking out, even if it's just like today, I'm wearing like a matching sweatsuit athleisure set, right? Like it's a <laughs> podcast. So you can't, they, you know, our listeners can't see me, but it's like this, like a, you know, cheetah print, like little matching sweatsuit. It's like, I realize like even having a little elevated athleisure can make me feel better. And then, um, because like you're talking about, we all have different needs. I'm not the type of person right now that's going to put on jeans. Um, I don't know when the last time I've worn jeans is to be honest, but (laughs) I really like, um, dresses. Like I've always like, um, had, I, I like really feminine flowy dresses. They make me feel good. And so I couldn't believe, you know, um, how much better I felt when I even just took that time to pick out a dress and like throw it on and do my work day at home. So it does make a really big difference, but I think like anything it does like self-care takes effort, getting dressed takes effort. And I think I've even had friends ask me recently, cause, um, Actually, fun, funny enough, Ali and I, used, we've worked together before in wardrobe on a TV <laughs> show a hundred years ago. Um, and we realized that recently, or I realized that recently, but, um, yeah, like, because I have that background, I've had friends ask me like, Hey, can you like send me some links to some like cute things I should buy? Cause I just don't feel good. Right. Like every day in my pajamas. So, um, because I've been getting those questions and I'm in no way a fashion expert, where do you think people should start? Right. If they notice, like I'm just in pajamas and sweats all the time, and that might not make me feel my best, but like jeans or even a dress seems like too far away. How, like where and how should people start to like find, right. What feels good, what fits good, what looks good, especially, you know, I think a lot of people just don't know, to be honest, right. How to, how to find things that feel and look good for themselves. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a really good question. And yes, I, I love that before we started recording, you were like, um, are you the same LV work at entertainment tonight? Like I was cracking up because I'm like, okay, way to date myself. Cause I was literally like almost 10, 10 and a half years ago. Now was when I first came out to LA and that was like one of my first like big gigs getting to work on. So it's hilarious. Um, and everything comes full circle, right? Full so, circle, exactly. Especially in LA. Um, and I love that you also spoke to like, you know, the self-love, self-care. It's true. It's like whether it's your skincare routines, whether it's something that really makes you feel good, you know, those things are so important right now. And they all really do go hand in hand and coincide. And you're right. Like when, you know, it's crazy here, obviously in California, like we all, I think thought this was like two weeks spot in the curve. And I was like, Oh, psych, we're almost a year in. Um, so, you know, um, I totally get that because in the beginning, I think it was more like people were like, Oh, cool. Like I'll just be in my cozy robe or like PJs or, you know, really cute sweats. And it was like very much like, I'll just embrace this, like no big deal. And now we're like almost a year in, you're like, Oh, well, fuck. I don't really want to embrace this anymore. I want to be able to like wear something else, but still be, you know, cute and feel good. So I would say obviously for everyone that's different. So, you know, I would say, um, I think that, you know, first off, it kind of goes back to like what I would do when I style people, which is like figure out their quote unquote uniform. So I tell a lot of moms when I style them, like we need to figure out your mom uniform, you know, and and it really is for anyone, not just mom, but moms, especially because moms never can think of anything, or at least I can't. So, you know, it's like, think about your uniform, you walk into your closet and it's like, what is your go-to? So you just said you love dresses. So like, ask yourself the question of like, 
okay, what type of dress do I usually like to wear? Is it a maxi dress? Is it a t-shirt dress? Is it just a simple A-line dress? Like, what is that style? Only you can speak to that. If you can't, well, then definitely you want to, you know, of course, you know, hire someone who, you know, can help you figure out like maybe what that style is, which is what I've been doing a lot of this during this pandemic. But let's just say you maybe know. Then you go into your closet and you're like, okay, I have maybe this many dresses of it. Maybe you only have two or three. Then I would, you know, encourage you to then go online, most likely if you're not going to want to go out to stores, you know, whatever, whatever resonates for you, go, go online, go to the stores and go look for a dress similar to that style or that pattern and get it in different colors and in different fabrics. So you can change in and out of that knowing like, I already love this on me. It's not a thought. It's not something, you know, like a lot of times when I create people's uniforms and kind of their staples, I want them to literally think about it as that's what it is. Like you roll out of bed or you, maybe you're getting ready to go to work and you go in your closet and there it is. And there's no question of like, does it fit right? Do I have to think about it? It's that's your uniform. That's what you go to, but you feel good in it and you feel confident in it because that's what you want to wear. And then you add, you know, if you feel daring, you know, you add some accessories or you add a fun shoe or, you know, maybe you put a pop of color on your lips or you put a cute headband or scrunchie in your hair, like simple little things that would change, you know, not only how the outfit looks, but how you feel because you put, you know, love into yourself and you gave yourself something extra and that changes it, you know? And so it's like, everyone has a different type of uniform. You know, some people like love to wear a certain dress or some people really love a good t-shirt and jeans. You know, other people really enjoy a cute blazer and, you know, maybe some cute trousers, like everyone's different. So you kind of have to know what your style is as far as that's concerned and then decide, okay, I'm going to be really conscious of like the next things that I either purchase or the next things that I really organize in my closet and my maybe already have. I really reorganize it and I call it closet auditing and where I kind of like audit your closet with you and we go through and decide, you know, does this serve you anymore? Especially I've been doing that right now with pandemic life. Like, does this really serve you anymore? Do you really wear this or is this kind of just sitting in the back of your closet or does it give you anxiety? Because it gives you any kind of anxiety any kind of overwhelm, get rid of it or put it to the side because it's not doing you any favors, especially right now. And you need to think about, again, like what feels good and like what lifts you up. And I don't think people realize like if you really spend a few minutes, you know, it doesn't have to be long, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it may be that you can have to put aside time to really ask yourself, you know, do these outfits serve me? Do I like these pieces? What do I feel when I wear them and I try them on? And then what really uplifts me? Because you'll know as soon as you put it on, if you're like, oh, I feel cute in this. I really like this. Then have more of that. Then mm-hmm. make that your go-to uniform right now, especially right now. And that way you're not having to think about it. You're really not having to fight with yourself and you'll feel good and then have fun. And like, once you feel good in what you're wearing, well, then hopefully that confidence really kind of comes further and you can say, okay, I'm going to add this cute, you know, statement necklace with it, or I'm going to put these cute hoops on with it or whatever it may be, you know, that you like, whether it's more makeup or more jewelry or whatever it is to change up. You know, that is, you know, what I would suggest where to start. And then of course, if you're not sure of your style or you're really just like overwhelmed overall with the entire space, then definitely hire someone, you know, and I am doing, like I said, um, you know, Zoom, um, consulting and everything, but you know, whether you look for someone else or myself, you know, find someone who you feel resonates with you so that you at least can get yourself back to the basics. Because once we break it down, we get back to the actual basics of, you know, fashion and getting yourself ready, it will come easier. But sometimes you need a little bit of help to start that process over again, especially right now. Thank you. I think that's really 
actually, I'm like, I'm like learning a lot from you because of the two of us, Erica's way more, um, sort of like fashion aware. I think I've always (laughs) been like, (laughs) I've never given myself any credit for that. Like it's not a, it doesn't come naturally to me in the same way that it does to certain people. And, but the way you explain it, even though I'm like, highly creative. It just doesn't manifest in, it's never manifested in clothes. And, um, I so have such like appreciation for people who have those skills and have the, the creative sort of like vision, um, in that way. And, and the way you talk about it, even with color, not only just like feeling good, but like what really understanding what works for you, um, can feel overwhelming sometimes. So I love that you just kind of simplified that because, um, it shouldn't be, it should be, or it can be a process that is really empowering. And I actually did do that the other day. I like put on hoop earrings for the first time in probably 10 months. And I was like (laughs) feeling myself in a different way. And, but it's just like acknowledging that those little things can actually make a big difference in the way you feel. And, um, I sometimes forget that. So thank you for all the people like that are like me that, you know, could, can literally just stay in like exercise clothes all day long. Um, I think that's a good fun reminder and it can be fun too. And I think, yes, it can be fun. Yeah. You know, I love it. You said that because it's like, you know, fashion is supposed to be fun. Like it really like, you know, the, the trends and the fashion shows back when obviously the world was normal, like, you know, it, it was all about seeing that and being excited about that and then figuring out how you could wear that. And, you know, I love that too. You spoke to the fact that, you know, it can be a little bit daunting process and it can be, you know, a little bit exhausting because I think many people feel that way and it isn't so much of a creative outlet for many people and that's okay. Like, you know, that's something I really feel like I was born with. I mean, I just have always, since I was like three years old, my mom told me I would go with my drawers and pick out, you know, know what I was wearing and she'd be like what are you putting together and it was like that was my crazy outfit you know so that was just always in me but not everybody has that you know we all have obviously different gifts and different things that really resonate with us but it's like when you actually put the time into it and you actually try it you'd be surprised how much more you actually fall in love with the process Mm -hmm. of dressing yourself and then that's when you get to kind of find yourself even, you know, inside and outside of fashion, like there've been so many people I've gotten to work with over the years that I watched them literally transform and not only just in what they're wearing, but they're like all of a sudden, Oh, I think now I feel more confident to go do this in my life, or I'm going to go for this job that I didn't think I was ever going to go for, or I'm going to go ask that guy out or whatever it may be. And it's like, wow, it really does change the foundation of how you're living too, because you're feeling yourself. Like you just said, you put your hoops on and you were like, Ooh, I look cute. We all want to have a reaction, especially right now being home. Like we all want to feel good. We all want to like, be like, Oh, I'm feeling cute today. Like, look at me, check me out. You know, it just does something for you and you feel that inside, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it really does, you know, when you, when you feel something good inside, you know, it just really lights you up, but it also really transform everything else around you. It just goes back to your guys' show about wellness in general. Anything you do in wellness is going to light you up everywhere else. Anything that you choose to do is going to change things. Like for me, I have, you know, become um, like majorly uh, like conscious of meditating like almost every day. Mm-hmm. And that started when I hit my postpartum depression with my first daughter and pretty much saved me in my life. But you know, now, especially I'm so grateful that I created that practice back then, because now it's become just a major part of my everyday life and practice. And it sets my day, it sets my week. And I just notice even in such a wild world, and sometimes it's so noisy outside, it's like 
keeps my inner peace and it really helps me to like flow throughout the day and to keep my home be peaceful and my girls, my husband and everything else. And I think sometimes we forget how important those small practices are that in wellness, how much it can change everything else that's going on for us. You know, we can't change what's going on the outside ever, but we can change what's going on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, especially right now, we have to really tap into that and think about like, what are those things? And like I said, like for me, you know, it's meditation, it's breath work, it's journaling, it's affirmations. You know, like I will sit in my office in front of my mirror and do five minutes of affirmations and look myself, you know, in the face and say those affirmations because it's powerful and it's, and it changes things for me, you know? And so it's like, whatever it is that, you know, resonates for you, think about clothing is, you know, very similarly that it, you know, it really does make a change. And when you choose to kind of just half-ass it, well, then you may just feel that way with what you're wearing. But when you choose to put a few minutes into it, you'd be surprised what a difference it makes in your life. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean, aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with those red, itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test, even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand. And in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. I'm curious, um, as you, you just referenced, you know, creating these practices for yourself out of, um, dealing with postpartum depression with your first pregnancy. And first of all, thank you for sharing with that with us, but also, um, I'm curious, you had mentioned earlier when you had gone through that, that you initially were sort of experiencing that feeling of like, not wanting to, not wanting to like put these little practices, even in the context of, um, fashion or getting dressed, um, into your own life and and struggling with that. And can you just like share a little bit about that experience? And, and in addition to the meditation, which you just shared with us, how did you, um, work through those tools that you just talked about is how you worked through that? Like, how did you, um, go about dealing with that when you had gone from being like, this 
uh, stylist out in the world, you know, very, um, sort of like visibly in your career and then dealing with that newfound sort of challenge of postpartum depression. Um, I know a lot of women go through that and we've had people on the show share that with us before. And if anybody is listening who is struggling with it currently or, um, has struggled with it or may struggle with it in the future, do you have any sort of thing you can speak to on that about your own journey? Yeah, of course. And it's a really important topic, obviously, um, you know, and, and anyone that's listening, you know, everyone's journey is different with it. And, you know, I know for some people, my journey resonates and for others, it doesn't. And all I'll say to that is that, you know, whatever you need to do to get yourself better and to feel like yourself again, that's most important so that you can be good for you and then be good for, you know, your baby and your family. So for me, um, first off, I wasn't really aware that I was suffering postpartum depression. I just kind of thought of it as like baby blues. Everybody talks about the baby blues. Oh, this is just going on. No big deal. And so I kind of just kind of kept playing it off. Like, oh, I just have baby blues. It'll just snap out. And then I started like kind of making excuses for it. Like it was like, like, oh, I'm just a new mom and this is my life now. And so like, I'm no longer that glam alley. So like, you know, whatever, this is my life now. I'm just covered in spit up and poop and diapers. And like, this is this, you know? And, you know, of course that is the reality, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that like I had to be a full-blown shit show in order to like, to be in that mom mode. Like I could still look good and, you know, put myself together and look cute, but I didn't resonate with that. Like I just felt so lost in myself. I felt so just like I had just completely broken and shattered. Like I didn't recognize that woman. I didn't know who I was. I didn't recognize that body. I didn't recognize that face because I had cystic acne. I didn't recognize any parts of me. So I kind of felt like that, those parts, like I felt like that, that alley died. So I just felt like, you know, I, I, at first, to be honest, I was just drowning and I couldn't, um, even like look at myself in the mirror and say like, Oh, you know, I'll be fine. Or like, Oh, it's just a phase because I didn't think that way. I was very much like in this dark, um, tunnel and just couldn't see any light at the end of it. Um, and so then that's obviously when it became very much more real and it was no longer just like baby blues or a new mom. And thank God my husband and, um, some others around me started to really recognize that in me, you know, in the beginning at first I didn't want to deal with it. So it was like, Oh, I'll go get my nails done or, Oh, I'll go get a massage. Cause again, you think wellness, right? So you're like, Oh, I'll just do these things to make myself feel good. But I didn't realize it was so much deeper than that. It wasn't, it, it that wasn't going to fix it. Yeah. I'd feel good for a day. I'd feel good for a few hours, but then I go back to feeling horrible and just feeling dark again, didn't change anything. Um, and so then once I started doing the work and working with my therapist and they really kind of figured out what was going on with me, then it was really doing the work. It was very much figuring out like where the postpartum depression stemmed from. For a lot of people, it's not necessarily just the drop in hormones and just the fact they became a mom. It's other things they didn't deal with. It's really moving that energy that needs to go, you know? And, and I mean, I'm very big on energy. I know everyone's different, but I know you guys are similar to me, but like, you know, it's energy is everything, you know, energy is clothing, energy, you know, is, you know, what's holding inside your body. I mean, energy is literally every single thing we do. And sometimes I don't think we give enough credit to what energy can do on a positive and negative scale. And so for me, I had all that energy built up and wasn't moving and I'm sitting there, you know, with them and they're looking at me and we're having heavy, heavy conversations around. It. And it's like, well, why are you feeling this way? And, you know, what's going on? And 
I at first wasn't ready to have those conversations. And then when I finally did and, you know, realized so much was grief from my grandmother who had passed, who I was missing so much that couldn't be a part of my new motherhood journey. And, you know, that I had insecurities around the celebrity styling and having to go back out into the public eye and all these different things that came up that I wasn't ready to address or deal with or face all started to come to the surface. And then when it did, I started to be forced to, you know, work through it and face those heavy shadows, which we all have, you know, and we you now recognize that. But once I did that, then the energy within me really started to move and transform. And, you know, that's when the practices came in. That's when we sort of really started working through and doing like, you know, cognitive, you know, thinking and doing breath work and doing meditation and Luckily, I had a team that was very much more on the holistic side, which is more who I am in general. And I know everyone's different, but I didn't personally want to get on pharmaceutical drugs if I didn't have to. I wanted to try to do things naturally if I could. And so thank God my team was very much aligned with that and really worked with me on that. But I had to do a lot of work around it. You know, it meant a lot of really talking out my feelings. It meant, uh, you know, a lot of being honest with myself, journaling out everything I was thinking, even the most awful thoughts about myself and recognizing it and then allowing it to release and not hold on to it and hold judgment, you know? And so I think all those different practices around me, I also um, did uh, use a lot of CBD and I know that's controversial, but for me, it was very helpful. Um, And my doctor midwife said it was fine, you know, and obviously you have to check with yours, but for me, it was very, very helpful. And I felt it really did change. If I was having a morning where I woke up and I was feeling depressed and off and even a little bit anxious and I put a couple of tinctures underneath my tongue, I would notice throughout the day how that would start to lift. And then I would be aware of it consciously and I would journal and I would do my affirmations, but I would have to stick to that. Like for the first year, I did that every single day, like every single practice, including then taking a bath when I could and like taking a hot shower to add to those things, you know, all those different things to really get myself to feel good again. And then the next piece of that was, okay, now that you're starting to be in a good mindset, now you're going to start to dress yourself like you used to. Now you're going to start to put some makeup on. Now you're going to, but what I loved about what they did with me and my team was they didn't rush into all that at first because how we talked about kind of in the beginning of your guys' show of like how things can be daunting. That's exactly what I was going through. Everything was daunting. Putting on a pair of pants, was daunting. Washing my face was exhausting. All these things that were simple things to me that I almost like forgot how simple they were because they became exhausting. They became detrimental. They became, they felt like to me, it was like, oh no, that's the old alley. And like, I don't do that anymore because like, this is, this is now me. And which is ridiculous. Cause like we all wash our face. But in that moment, I looked at it as something that was so heavy and it was too much work because I was so consumed in my, you know, the hormones changing and my daughter and all these things that I couldn't recognize how to do simple little things to get back to me wellness-wise, self-love-wise, self-care, and how much that really would help. So it was two pieces. At first, it was really just being getting clear and being really honest with myself and doing the work around really being able to move to a space of like, okay, you do have postpartum depression. Now, how do we work through it? And how do we move forward, not backward, forward? And then 
okay, what are the pieces that make you feel good? Okay, you used to get dressed all the time and feel fabulous in what you were wearing. Let's start there. Even if it's just something simple. And for me, that was dresses. I love dresses. So it was like, okay, a great maxi dress. I built my own mom uniform in my closet. I rebuilt what I was doing. I practiced what I preach. You know, I went through and figured out, okay, these dresses are what make me happy. I'm going to get a few more similar like them. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, every day I was putting on a dress like that. Was I doing any hair and makeup at that point? No, but I was at least putting on a dress and getting myself somewhat together. And then when I felt the confidence, I started doing the hair and makeup a little bit more. And I started putting back into me and then looking in the mirror and being like, oh, I recognize her again. The body might be a little different. Things might still not be what I thought they'd be, but like, okay, I'm starting to love her again. And I think that's what it really comes down to, right? We all need to love ourselves, especially right now, so much and yeah. so much at a conscious level of just step into that higher consciousness, push the ego away and say, I love myself unconditionally. I don't judge myself. I don't shame myself. And how do I get there? And so for me, to be honest, even to this day, it's still a practice I have to continuously do. And when I feel myself spiraling out of control, I have to stop and take a breath and like really sit with myself for a few. It is just like three breaths while I'm with the babies, you know, and shut my eyes and say, okay, and when the girls go to sleep, I'm going to meditate further tonight and I'm not going to do work or I'm going to go do breath work. I'm going to go get in the bath. Like being able to have those check-ins with yourself is crucial. So that's been, you know, my personal um, journey of how I've been able to work through, thank God, and not experience postpartum depression with my second daughter. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so, um, inspiring and encouraging and yeah, so many women, right. Like Ali shared struggle with postpartum depression, have struggled, maybe will struggle. Um, but even right now, I think like so many people are struggling with depression in general because of the pandemic and because they're home. And I think a lot of what you shared, um, can really resonate. And similarly, I know Ali and I have a Buddhist practice. We chant twice a day and, um, without that, to be honest, I don't know if I would have made it through the last, um, 10 months. So thank you for sharing all of that and everything you've shared today. I feel like it was just a very uplifting conversation where hopefully all of us listening can take, um, some of the tips and tools that you have shared with us. And so as we begin to wrap up, um, we always ask and close with three questions and you kind of answered the first one, but, um, I'm going (laughs) to, Um, ask it anyway, in case you want to add anything else. But the first question we always ask is what are some of your self-care practices and non-negotiables in your life? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I think you guys do such a great job with, you know, sharing wellness, but making it really accessible um, to so many, because I feel like wellness for so many can, again, also feel very daunting and like, but I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to that. And I love that you guys really you know, break it up in your shows, like whatever resonates, you know, for you, whatever you subscribe to, then that's what you need to make part of your everyday life. And that's what you need to do. And like how you guys described with your chanting and how that's like saved you, you know, we all have to realize like how much those little practices, like you just said, can, you know, have to be non-negotiables, you know? So for me, it's like, my affirmations, like non-negotiable, do it once in the morning, once at night. If I can't do it in the morning and the day got crazy, I stop for five minutes, middle day, and I do it. I make, I, I create the space for it. Um, meditation, you know, whether it's five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, it depends on the day for me, but I do that in the morning. I don't look at my phone. When I first wake up, I don't 
turn over my phone. My phone is either on my nightstand or above on my bed. I no longer have it right next to me. Like I used to, I move it away from me. So I don't have the habit of grabbing it. And I start my morning without looking at my screen. I do have my meditation on my phone. So I'll just click the app, but I do not look at my text messages. I do not look at my emails. I do not start my day looking at notifications or what's being asked of me because I've realized that that literally changes my entire day and sometimes the entire week because of the pressures and everything going on. Cause we're obviously all in such a fast paced world and everyone has a question, everyone has an email and, you know, and it's like, you don't realize again, that exchange of energy. It's like, it's just constantly taking from you. And it's like, you got to put back to yourself too. So for me as a non-negotiable, I don't look no matter what I could see it. I have a hundred messages. doesn't matter. I'm meditating before I get to those hundred messages, five minutes. If even if I only have that wash my face, I protect my morning. That's kind of how I look at it. It's like, I really protect my morning. How do I protect it by not looking at my phone, not looking at anything that's going on in the outside world, staying within myself and my inner peace do meditation, maybe do a little bit of affirmations, wash my face and then start my day, you know, and that's, and that's a, a basic day. You know, if some mornings if my husband has the girls and it's, you know, a little more lax for me, I'll take a shower or I'll like, you know, do something to get myself more together. But that's in reality, more of like my, you know, every day. And to be honest, sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes, you know, it'll be like this morning, for example, I've totally spaced that I had to do a giveaway for social media and everyone's like hitting me up and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot I had a post. So, you know, I jumped on, I posted and then I jumped off. I didn't engage. I didn't do what I normally would do because I was like, nope, it's still, I just woke up. I have to, it's my non-negotiable. I already broke my first rule of getting on when I first woke up. So I left it. I did my meditation for five minutes and then I came back to it. It wasn't ideal, but I try to always remind myself like of the non-negotiables and why they exist for me. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you have like flexibility for yourself too, that there's no like punishment if you have to change it a little bit, but then you go back to what is fun. Oh, you got to have grace, especially right now. I mean, I've learned that in motherhood, like grace is, (laughs) grace is so important. The more grace you give yourself, the more you won't shame, the more you won't judge. And if others judge or shame, it doesn't resonate with you because you've given yourself that grace and you've given yourself that space. Yeah. Wow. Such an important, such an important reminder. Okay. So the second question we ask all of our guests is what does being courageous mean to you? Oh, what is courageous being me? I would say, I think two things. Um, I think as far as myself is concerned, it's being able to step into my vulnerability and my quote unquote weaknesses more and more, because that's really where you find your strength. You know, we all have strengths and we're good at that. So it's like, yeah, you can improve that and you can do all that, but it's, it's not, you know, it'll still level you up. It'll still, you know, keep excelling you but it's not going to maybe necessarily change you or it's not maybe necessarily going to um, change someone else or vice, you know, vice versa. So when you think about stepping into your weaknesses, you know, I've learned, especially again with my postpartum depression and then even what we're going through now, the more I step into my vulnerability, the more I'm really aware and conscious of my vulnerabilities and allow those weaknesses to start to become strengths and not take me over and allow myself to kind of force myself to step into those uncomfortable areas and get uncomfortable and be in it and learn from it, the more I actually do grow and excel and evolve. And in my opinion, like that's what we're all here for is to evolve. And so I continuously push myself to step into fear as much as I don't want to. And, you know, ask myself why I'm fearful of that and work through it. Um, And then the second piece of that, I would say of encouragement is empowering others. You know, I think especially now 
it's so important to empower others. It's so important to share your story whenever you can and whenever you feel comfortable because you just never know when you'll share something, how it's going to resonate with someone else. And even if just one person resonates with it, you know, you're of service. And, you know, I believe personally, we're all here to serve each other. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And the last question we ask is, do you have a book that has been particularly inspirational to you um, along your journey? Um, it can be on anything, just a book that has inspired you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have quite a few. I have, it's like funny. I have a bunch sitting on my desk in my office right now. And I kind of go back and forth to different ones and like peel through the chapters. And, you know, I'm not like someone who sits and reads through a like a book, like per se, unless it really grabs me and I read, you know, front to end, I usually kind of dabble and go between chapters, different books, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, so a few of those would be, I love everything is here to help you with Matt Kahn. It's all about what we kind of spoke about around the energy and the wellness and how everything really is here. Here, you know, to help you if you look at it as that and not as the victim mentality, which we all love to do, myself included. And it really has helped me to look at things differently and say, okay, this may have happened, but like, how am I going to take away from that? And what am I going to do from it? And it's made me check in with myself over and over again. Um, I also really love Think Like a Monk um, by Jay Shetty. I think it's so great. And it really speaks to the meditation and the stillness and the peacefulness that we all have the power to access. Um, access in our lives that we don't always tap into. Um, and also I really love, um, I think it's um, Marianne Hewitt, um, A Return to Love. And it's just like, these simple chapters all about how you return to loving yourself. And she explains her entire self-love journey of like how she was so dark to where she found her own light and how she worked through that in her own life. Thank you, Allie. And um, if anyone wants to follow you or see the work that you do and just kind of go along with your journey, where can they find you online? Absolutely. You can find me at Allie Levine Design on social. I'm mostly on Instagram, but I do have, you know, all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok. I I show up on all of them, but I spent the most time um, on Instagram, especially in DMs. If you guys love this show and something resonated, please feel free to say hello. I love connecting with others. It's just A-L-I- L-E-V-I-N-E design, no S. And then my um, website is AllieLevine.com. And if you do want to be styled by me, feel free to send a message through my website at AllieLevine.com or just DM me and say, you know, again, you heard me here and you wanted to ask me about some styling questions or possibly hire me for consulting. Thank you again. We really appreciate the conversation today. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.